Brilliant. It's, isn't it great to see that we've got a joined up leadership team and we all know exactly what is going on. So this is not the Kingdom of God series. We're taking a pause from that. Um, but, but I am preaching today. So Steve is relieved at that level, I think. Um, <laughs> so uh, no, that is, it's, so, it's so good to be with you. Um, I always love being with you and to be with you for the whole meeting. It's absolutely stunning as well. I don't know about you, and I don't know if it's something that men struggle with more than everyone else, but when you're doing the kids' action songs, two problems I have. One, a deep sense of uncomfortableness on the inside, if I'm totally honest. Do you find that hard? Some of you, I mean, I'm not saying just, you know, it is, it's just a bit tricky. And then the other thing is, I'm about three, three, you know, three actions behind whatever is going on there. Do you know what I mean? They're down and I'm up. Their arms are out. My arms are in. Oh, it's, it's lovely being family, though, isn't it? It's good. It's good. Do you know what I mean? Together. And, and I guess, actually, for us blokes, it's not taking ourselves too seriously, eh? Do you know what I mean? Not to worry too much about it. Today, I am talking about the whole subject of patience. So on your tables, I want you to spend a couple of minutes discussing, firstly, what is patience? And if you feel comfortable enough to share it, what situations are you the least patient? So if you're on a table on your own, feel free to head across and join someone else. Um, or if you see someone on your own, um, join, invite them to join. What is patience and in what circumstances are you the least patient? Just 30 seconds. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Finish up your conversations there. Hopefully it got your mind whirring a little bit anyway on the whole subject. I felt led to speak on patience because when, when I think about Mother's Day and baby Thanksgiving and those things, if I'm honest, I think the most patient people in my life probably has been my mum over the years and my wife Chloe, I think they exemplify patience having both lived with me for extended um, periods of time. And uh, although as, as, as a mum um, or a mother figure, you may not feel uh, that you are fully arrived when it comes to patience, 
I'm sure you are a lot further advanced than most people on your table um, for all the things that you have to put into uh, practice. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 8, it says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I get stuck on the first three words. Love is patient. Do you know what I mean? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, at at that level. And when you're thinking about what love is, well, one thing we do know is patience is love. I mean, patience is a reflection of love. It's an aspect um, of it. The problem I have with patience is I am most aware of patience when I don't have it. Don't know about you, but it's when I realize it's not there is I realize my need for it. I'm by no means an expert, any small job of DIY. For some reason, I know from experience I will get there in the end, but I get incredibly frustrated in the process. Driving my car in traffic is another area where I find impatience can reveal itself so easily. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I know I'm going to get to the destination. I know more than likely that when I get, you know, if I'm five minutes late, it doesn't matter. But inside my frustration impatience at that person driving 28 miles an hour along the link road... Or my impatience at the person that's driving down the link road at 80 miles an hour right down the middle. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what they do, I still will get impatient with them. My, my impatience when I feel ill as a bloke. I am, I am rubbish when I'm ill. And all that sort of stuff, that surfaces inside that I realise is there. there. There was a time a couple of weeks ago where... Um, I turned up early at the office because I was helping someone with some interviews. I was all ready. I, I'd set myself lots of time to get ready. And I opened my bag. I got my glasses case out. And it was empty. And I decided, because it was a nice day, I was going to walk up to the office. So I ring Chloe up and say, Chloe, can you drop my glasses up? No, she said, I'm too busy. I can't do it. And I've got these interviews I'm meant to be doing, which means I need to be able to read something. And I can't do it without my glasses. So I think, right, I look at the time. I can do it. So I march off home. I, f- I look for my glasses. Are they there? No. They're not there. I jump in the car, drive back up, back up to the office. I go into the office and say, has anyone seen my glasses? They say, yeah, they're on the reception desk. So, and the impatience that is going on the whole way through, um, I'm sure that you can relate to all of that stuff. So, so what is patience? What, what is it when it gets down to it? Well, patience defined is the capacity to tolerate challenges or delays without getting upset or anxious. The capacity to tolerate challenges or delays without getting upset or anxious. Let me make it slightly more Christian. You know, bring God into it. It's the ability to handle delay, interruption or destruction to our plans and desires in a way in which we continue to glorify God in how we live. 
So when things go wrong, how good are you glorifying God in the way that you live? When people interrupt your plans, can you continue to love them and give, give them your attention? When your dreams may lay in tatters, can you continue to trust God and love other people? When I'm held up in traffic, I'm going to be late, doing it in a God-glorifying way. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Traffic, glorifying God. I mean, how, but this is how it is. It's reality. And it can be big things like illnesses or you're waiting for the results of a test you're having at hospital. Or it can be something incredibly small like waiting for that Amazon parcel to arrive. And they promised it would be with you by midday and it's now two o'clock and it hasn't arrived. And you are impatiently pacing around, waiting for it. It can be the small, it can be the big. How do we do that in a God-glorifying why? Now, the problem with impatience, and there's three things that I have um, highlighted here. And by the way, impatience isn't, an, uh, isn't a personality trait. You know, you sometimes say, oh, I'm just an impatient person. Well, if you're a Christian, no, you're not. That's, that's not part of who you are. That's not part of what God has got for you. The problem with impatience is it's a fruit of selfishness. At its, at its heart, at its root, if love is patient, impatience isn't love. Selfishness wants creation to serve me. I want everything around here to serve me, to make my life comfortable. Selfishness seeks its own private happiness and to some extent or other isn't too worried if it costs other people. So patience is dying to selfishness. It's killing it off because it shouldn't be there. Happy Mother's Day. Um, it, it indicates, secondly, impatience indicates a brokenness on the inside. Like I say, impatience isn't a personality trait, but it actually indicates something's not quite right on the inside. There's some brokenness in there. Because what happens is as soon as external supports are removed we collapse into impatience. In reality, if we're not careful, we're a bit of a slave to the circumstances we find ourselves in. All the time stuff's going well, I am happy, and I'm the smiliest Christian that ever was. But as soon as things start to go wrong, all of it crumbles, and I realize that I'm held up by things going well rather than an inner strength. Patience requires tremendous inner strength. And two, another pro or, or, sorry, number three, there's two temptations that we can um, fall into when it comes to impatience. We can either give up and run away, or we can try to fix it ourselves. Or if you're me, you'll probably flip-flop between the two. Sometimes you just want to escape and ch change circumstances that way. Or other times, I I'm going to try really, really hard and fix it myself. I think men can fall into that category a little bit. Any fixers, someone comes to tell you a problem and you're already giving them the answer before they've told you the problem. Do you mean you're just, it's just getting out there? And I think these temptations can, in fact, open a door to other problems like anger, fear, and anxiety. All of those things come through the doorway of impatience. 
So, so it's, a, it's a problem. So when does the Bible tell us that we should be patient? What circumstances does it tell us that we should be patient? Okay, let's have a look at various answers. There's going to be a whole load of Bible verses up here. And what I'd encourage you to do is if one stands out to you, either quickly write it down or tap it into the notes section of your phone or take a picture of it. But these Bible verses that come up are like sword of the spirit. They're like, they're like a weapon in your hand that can defeat impatience in your life. And I'm assuming that probably most of us here would say we struggle with impatience in some area of our lives. So this is like a weapon going into your hands. Firstly, the Bible says we are to be patient with other people. And that's across the board in church settings. It says in Ephesians 4 verse 2, patiently bearing with one another in love. So just have a look around your table. You've got to patiently bear with one another in love, those sat nearest and dearest to you. We're to be patient with those that need correcting. It says we need to be patient with them all in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 14. That is the idle, the faint-hearted and the weak. We're to be patient in that situation. We are to reprove, rebuke and exhort with complete patience. 2 Timothy 4 verse 2. You're going to catch on quite quickly here that there aren't many situations where impatience is all right. Do you know what I mean? As we start going through these Bible verses. We're to be patient in suffering. When we're facing difficulty or suffering, it says this in Romans 12 verse 2. We're to be patient in affliction. I think what Alfie was sharing, you know, about wrestling with God. I think it links directly into what I'm saying here. Because often we, but I, I talk for me, often I wrestle with God and what I'm really doing is saying, God, please change my circumstances. That's what I want. And sometimes God does. Actually, frequently he does. But frequently he doesn't. And that wrestling with God is about God changing us on the inside. It says we're to be patient when we're following for the sake of following Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 6 it says, patiently enduring sufferings. And for some of you right now, you... I was going to say you wish that your circumstances were different. And it's right for you to get people praying for you for a change of circumstances. That is right. But there's also a promise in the Word of God that He will give you grace for today. So while you're waiting for circumstances to change, there is grace available. There is patience available. That great inner strength that is needed to keep going when it is really tough, when it is really rubbish. Patience in the face of evil. It says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 24, patiently enduring evil. That's, that the setting for that is actually wrong received within the church. Because although, although you are an amazing group of people saved by grace, you're not perfect. And at times you will hurt each other and you need to patiently endure one with another. And patience in waiting for God. 
Oh God, please break in. Oh God, please change. It says in Hebrews 6 verse 12, imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And when you, when you look at Hebrews chapter 11, if you, if you know you're in need of patience, when you get home, read Hebrews chapter 11. It talks about the nature of faith. And it goes right the way through the Old Testament. Amazing heroes of the faith. And it says a lot of them died without having received what was promised. They were waiting with faith. There, there, there was a, and I think, I think we can sometimes believe that if God loves me, he will give me everything I need right here, right now. No, God does love you. And he's given his son for you to save you from your sin. But sometimes... You will need to live with, we need to live with the difficulty that we face day by day. And it's not easy, but we live with it knowing that God will provide grace every single day. Psalm 37 verse 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And the context of that is when the psalmist is in the midst of a lot of evil and bad things going on. And in James 5 verse 7, it talks about being patient until the Lord's coming. We are waiting for him to come. The truth is, when it gets to, pa- gets to patience, there are no loopholes. We're to be patient with other people. We're to be patient in suffering. We're to be patient when facing evil. We're to be patient when waiting for God. So how do we grow in patience? I'm going to fly through this really, really quickly. I don't believe the Bible tells us just to grit our teeth and count to ten. I'm going to be really patient. Sometimes counting to ten can be helpful, but it's not going to be a solution to it. I think the first thing is we learn to wait on God. There is a waiting on God. It says in Psalm 40 verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. Waiting for God is not a passive thing. It's an active thing. If you, if you want to catch a bus, yeah, maybe you want to get home after the meeting today and you decide, I'm going to go home on the bus. You could just walk out the doors, go stand by the side of the road and see what happens. Passively wait, see what happens. But if you really want to catch a bus home, what I would recommend you firstly do is you find out the bus routes. You, you find out which way the buses travel. You find out what number bus you've got to catch. You find out what time the bus is likely to be passing by. Then it's also helpful to stand at a bus stop. You know, just standing anywhere in the middle of a field is not going to help you catch a bus. You need to stand by a bus stop, and when the bus goes past, you hail the bus, and if you're really fortunate, Adrian will not run you over. He will stop the bus as he's going by, so you can... Climb on board. And in a sense, waiting on God is very similar to that. You know, we need to find out how God strengthens his people. We, We need to know that. We need to go to a place where we know God will strengthen us. This is one of the places where you will encounter God and you will be strengthened. But actually, when you go into your into a room and you close the door and you pray to your father unseen. And he will reward you. That is another place where you can go and meet with God. You need to hail the bus down. You need to call out to God. Oh, God, would you break through? 
You see, waiting on God is not passive. It is an active thing. And we come back again and again and again. And then as God turns up, you climb on board. You enjoy his presence. You enjoy his word. You enjoy fellowship with other believers. There is, there is an encounter with God that strengthens you as you wait on God. Repentance, prayer, battle reading the Bible, knowing the promises of God. I realize the longer I am a Christian, the more I realize how powerful the word of God is. It's not just about reading quantity. It's about grabbing hold of individual promises that God has given you that speak into the areas you're struggling with. So if it's impatience, I'm going to lay hold of them. I'm going to pray them back to God. I'm going I'm to grab hold of them every single day until I see breakthrough. And because it's the sword of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit makes it live inside of us. And that in itself gives us power to overcome. So for some of you, I mean, some of you thinking, right, I know I'm really struggling with impatience. Where do I start? Well, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 where we started. The nature of love and battle with it in prayer. This is who I am. And by the way, patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. As we keep in step with the Holy Spirit, as we obey his promptings and his, his, his instructions to us, as we get filled with the Spirit day by day and week by week, we are changed. Another real good thing that is so helpful with impatience is giving thanks. When I am impatient in the car, if I'm actively giving thanks, it's really hard for the, hard for the impatience and the thanksgiving to work together. Don't know about you? Impa- thanksgiving is such a, such a helpful thing to cultivate patience with joy. It says something along those lines in, one, in Colossians 1, verse 11 and 12, which I won't read. And then lastly, I think one th- another thing that is really helpful if we want to cultivate patience in our lives is remember how patient God is with you. How patient is God with you? It says in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, He is, God is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I mean, think about your life. If you've been a Christian longer than 10 years, quickly pop your hand in the air. That's quite a lot of you. Now, even since you've been a Christian, think about how patient God has been with you. I mean, really, really patient, I imagine, if you're anything like me. Don't you think you've been a Christian 10 years? We should know better. But he just keeps pouring his patience in with us. It's interesting, um, in 1 Timothy 1 verse 16, this is what Paul says. But for this very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. That's the Apostle Paul talking about his own life. He's got a realistic perspective of how much patience Jesus has shown to him. And that is really helpful as we look to overcome impatience in our own lives. As we soak ourselves in God's patience towards us, it undermines the power of impatience in us. You cannot both marvel and revel in the patience of our loving Father and selfishly pursue things with impatience. It doesn't fit together in your heart. 
So just as we finish, I really think, one, I want to honor mums and women in the church who are mothers to others for your amazing patience that you exhibit day after day and week after week. But I also believe there's a bigger, there's a bigger thing going on at play this morning, even on the back of Alfie's prophetic word. You know, that wrestling with God. What's the answer to some of that wrestling? Holy Spirit-empowered patience. There's, there's something that God wants to do in us. And just as I finish up, and before I hand back to Steve and Laurie, I wonder if you just stand for a moment. And I, I just want us to pray. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. So as we exhibit patience, it's a hallmark of love. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you go before us. I thank you for prophetic words and promptings. Lord God, that that sort of show what you want to do. I thank you, me and Steve might not have known what was going on, but I thank you, you did. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you please just come and fill us right now. We thank you for the immense patience you have shown towards us. And I pray, Lord, that as a church, Lord God, we would demonstrate, live out lives of great patience towards one another in difficult circumstances, to those that wrong us. I pray, Lord God, that we will live out lives of great patience. I ask you even now, Holy Spirit, would you give us just weapons that we can fight with? Promises from your word that you are prophetically highlighting, that we can grab hold of and walk with day by day by day until we see change. I ask Holy Spirit where we feel we're in a hopeless situation and patience is the last thing on our minds. I ask you for seeds of hope to be planted in our lives. Lord, and I pray, Lord, for those that do not know you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are magnificently patient. Lord, not wanting any to perish but all to come to eternal life. And I ask you, Lord God, I do, I want to pray, Lord, that this will be a day of salvation. We thank you that your grace is here for today. Your mercy is here for today. Amen. If you are struggling with impatience, there's a couple of areas and you know you are, Why not before you go talk to someone else here and say, look, I'm struggling in this area. Can you stand with me? Can you pray for me in this area? And if you're not a follower of Jesus, but you want to become a follower of Jesus, you want to commit your life to following him, come and see Steve or Laurie at the end. They would absolutely want to talk to you about what it means to follow him. Thank you, Paul.